Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special New Year's message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Paul says he kept the law perfectly. He says, I'm blameless concerning the law. Now let's move forward to point number one. Point number one, God's plan for your life is personal. Look at verse 12 again. Not that I already attain or am already perfect. Now watch this, saints. After all that Paul has gained in coming to Christ, we talked about that. It might lead someone to assume that Paul had reached spiritual perfection. It might lead someone to assume that The beginning for him was also the end. It might lead someone to assume that the start was also the finish for Paul or that coming to Jesus made him instantaneously perfect. Nothing more to pursue. Paul is saying, yes, I have all that God can give, but I'm not perfect. And in verse 12, I press on that I might lay hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of me. Paul saints understood that God had a purpose for his life. And the aim of Paul and the aim of all Christians, listen to me, here it is, is that we are to understand that God has a purpose for our lives. Right? And, and, and our aim should be to press on with the Lord, to press forward, to be determined, resolute, single-minded, You know, reminds me of this story of one day a man visited his doctor because he was in excruciating pain. Listen. And the doctor asked him, where does it hurt? And the man answered, all over. Well, the doctor told the man to touch his shoulder. The man touched his shoulder and cried out in pain. Well, next the doctor told him to touch his forehead. The man touched his forehead and cried out in pain again. The doctor told the man to touch his knee. The man touched his knee and he winced in pain. He said, doctor, everywhere I touch, I'm in pain. The doctor thoroughly examined the man and concluded, no wonder you're in pain everywhere you touch. You have a dislocated finger. (laughs) Some of y'all get that on the way home, right? You know, many of us are focused on the wrong stuff in life. Hmm? Focus on our kids, focus on our spouse, focus on job. C-19, the dog, etc. When in fact, saints, listen to me, there is one thing wrong in your life. I'm telling you that there is one thing wrong in your life. And if you correct the one wrong thing, everything else will feel better. And the thing that is wrong is our relationship with Jesus. That's wrong. When you give your life to Jesus and and you give your heart to Jesus, everything changes. Can I get a witness? Am I right about it? Everything changes. It did for me. It did for me 38 years ago 
When I gave my life to Jesus, everything, I mean everything changed. The sky changed, the grass changed, the the dirt changed, everything changed. My heart changed. So the one wrong thing is our relationship with Jesus, like Paul. You are brought into a fellowship with Jesus. Are you listening to me? And you're filled with the Holy Spirit and God gives you purpose at that moment. Paul says, I'm pursuing the thing that Christ pursued me for. Paul says, my goal in life is consistent with with, with Christ's goals for my salvation. Paul says, he saved me for a purpose. And his purpose has become my purpose in my spiritual progress. Did y'all hear that? His purpose. Hmm. Becomes my purpose. My purpose is not to become his purpose. Some of y'all looking pretty shocked behind that mask. Your purpose. Look, we are here to obey God. We are we are the sheep of his pasture. You're not God. You're not the shepherd. He is. He's the leader. He's the commander in chief. And our purpose and our progress must be God's purpose. Say amen. Amen. Point number two, God's plan will be physical. God's plan and purpose for your life is physical. Now, I want you to look at your Bibles again. Everybody okay? Say amen. I want you to look at verse 12 again. I press on, press on, press on has the idea of physical persecution. Actually, it's the Greek word D-I-O-K-O, dioko, D-I-O-K-O. And this word is used 43 times in the New Testament in different forms. Philippians 3, 6, concerning zeal, persecuting the church. That's pressing the church. First Thessalonians 5.15, see that no one render evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. First Timothy 6.11, but thou, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. All of these verses, saints, imply exertion on your part. All of these verses imply that that you follow after, that you pursue, that you press, or that you spend the energy seeking God. That's something that you do. Now, Christians are really good at praying about stuff. They really are. And everything, we got to pray about it. Well, I'm going to pray about serving the children. Regardless of the fact that I have 12 children, I notice the number keep going up, right? (laughs) That person busy. (laughs) Serving, I got to pray about this and pray about that and, and pray about seeking the Lord and pray about pressing on. No, 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 no. No, the Bible tells us that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We don't pray about pressing on. We press on. It's called exertion. It's called moving forward. It's something that you do, not something that you pray about. And a lot of times, I'm trying to help you first service, first service, New Year's Day. 
We have to resolve in our hearts and in our minds that we are going to seek God with all of our hearts, not half our hearts, not a quarter of our hearts. Am I right about it? With all of our hearts, something that you do. Now look at verse 13. Again, Paul says, brethren, look at it. I do not count myself to have apprehended. I want you, I think I asked you to underline, but one thing I do. I draw your attention to Paul's words, one thing. Paul was a specialist with singleness of purpose. Paul focused on one thing, so did David. David in Psalm 27, verse 4, one thing if I desire, can y'all read this with me? One thing if I desired of the Lord, everybody read it with me. One thing if I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold. That's so good. That's so good. It's so simple. Isn't it? One thing, not many things. A lot of people nowadays are caught up with many things. Many things. Instagram, Facebook, social media, Snapchat, uh, TikTok. Or is it talk tick? So many things. Going here and going there and doing this and doing that. Paul says, David says both one thing. David said, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. You know what that means? That means David said, I want to go to church. David says, I want to go to church, and I want to be in the temple of the Lord, in the presence of the Lord. Question. So Paul, Paul says, one thing I do. What was the one thing? Well, I believe Paul is talking about the desire to be everything that God wants him to be. Paul wants to do everything that God wants him to do. And Paul wants to go, you guessed it, everywhere that God wants him to go. Now watch this. Paul's singleness of purpose, take your pen, involve three actions. Really simple. Three actions. Number one, leaving the past. Forgetting those things behind. Number two, living in the present. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call. And then finally, looking forward to the future, reaching forward ahead. Paul's singleness of purpose involved three actions, leaving the past, living in the present, and looking forward to the future. Saints, 2021, you got to leave 2020 in the past. Somebody say amen. Leave the past. Here's a word of, here's a word of wisdom for you. Leave the past in the past. That boy good. Lead the past in the past. Someone called this holy amnesia. Don't you love that? I do. Holy amnesia. Saints, you got to let the past go. Somebody say amen and grab hold of the future. Not only let leave the past, but how about this? Let go of past guilt. Mmm. Paul was a murderer, don't you know? Paul was a blasphemer, don't you know? Paul was a persecutor of the church. Stephen is the first martyr of the church. You'll find that in Acts chapter 7. As the Bible tells us that Paul was at the stoning of Stephen, consenting to his death. There must have been 
Keep in mind, they, they put Stephen in a pit. When they stoned someone, they, they stoned him with big boulders. Stoning wasn't like little rocks and little pieces of gravel. It was big boulders. And they dug a pit, Acts 7. They dug a, a, a deep pit, and they would put the person in the pit. And all the people, the religious folk, for, 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 for sake of conversation, church folk, would stand around the, the circle and they would all pick up these big stones and, and, and boulders and hurl them on the heads. Stephen, being the first martyr of the church, the Bible tells us when Stephen was in that pit and they were standing around, Paul the apostle comes up and they all take off their coats and their jackets and they laid them down around, around Paul. Why? Because of the blood that would spatter from the stoning, and that blood should not touch Paul. Paul was a member of the Supreme Court. You'd say it that way. So Stephen is in the pit, and he's being stoned. And the Bible tells us of one of two times in the Bible that Peter looked up and he saw Jesus standing to receive him. Only one of two times in the Bible Jesus is standing to receive Stephen, the first martyr of the church, I tell you that to tell you this, that I find it impossible not to believe that once Paul became a Christian, that that memory, because mind you, it's only two chapters later, Acts 9, where he becomes a Christian. It is hard for me to believe that 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 stoning of Stephen didn't burn in his memory. It didn't burn in his memory, burn in his heart. And he never forgets, you know, some stuff in life, you know, some of y'all young folks, y'all ain't old enough to remember, know nothing about this, but you will. Uh, there's some things you just never, ever forget. You just never forget it. All your life, you never forget it. And this, my friends, I believe is one of them for Paul. He never forgot the stoning of Stephen burning in his memory and he had to let go of past guilt. He has to put that behind him in order to move forward. Well, not only leave the past and let go of past guilt. Are you still with me? Write this down. Let go of past grief. As Paul suffered terribly for being a Christian, you know that. He was beaten and shipwrecked and stranded and scorned and separated from family. He literally was left to die on at least one occasion. Paul had to forget about all that and let go of the past grief. And how about this? Write it down. Not only guilt and grief, but how about this? Let go of past glory. Hmm. Paul has some accomplishments. We know that. And some victories. But even in their, in his past glory, he had to forget it. No room for boasting and pride in the kingdom. And write this down. Not only let go of, uh, leave the past in the past and let go of guilt and grief and glory, but write this down. Let go of past grudges. And the church said, amen. Amen. Can't stay angry forever. If you're going to move forward in God, I'm talking to somebody. If you're going to move forward in God, you got to let go of anger. You got to let go of anger. Paul has a lot of enemies. And when you understand and you read, just simply read a cursory read of the Bible, you will learn of the New Testament. You will learn 
that, that, that Paul had every reason to be angry. He had every reason. Keep in mind, the book of Philippians, the theme of the book is joy. Joy. And so Paul, writing this letter with the theme of the book being joy, had every reason to not have joy. He had every reason because he, he had a lot of enemies. He had a lot of people who didn't like him, a lot of opposition and accusations against him. He was mistreated and betrayed and lied on. He, he had to forget about those things. And if you're going to serve God, you got to let go of grudges. Somebody say amen. You got to let go of grudges. You got to forget the things behind. The word forget, by the way, take your pen. The word forget means, or let me tell you what it doesn't mean. The word, let me tell you, start there. The word forget doesn't mean that you will not remember anymore because we don't have that capacity. We, 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 we're not computers. We, we don't have a delete button and erase the memory. We don't. We always remember things. God gave us a great memory for lots of great reasons. So the word forget doesn't mean that you don't remember your mistakes. It literally means, now write this down, you refuse to be affected by your mistakes. You refuse to allow your mistakes to hold you back. Hmm? God doesn't have a bad memory. God chooses not to allow our sins of our past to interfere with the relationship that we have with him in the present. Are you glad about it? Are you glad about it? Here's a word of wisdom. Word of wisdom. You will never be all that God wants you to be, and you will never do all that God wants you to do until you leave and forget the past. And don't allow it, don't allow the past to interfere with your relationship with God and what he wants to do in you today. Unfortunately, there are too many weak and weary Christians who've been carrying around the weight of their past for far too long. Leave the past, live in the present. Say amen. amen. Leave the past, live, say it with me. Leave the past, live in the present. Say it again. Leave the past and live in the present. Live in the present by continuing to stretch those spiritual muscles. That's what the word press implies. Like an athlete in the Olympic Games and perhaps they're running and they're getting to that, to that finish line. And they are literally stretching every single muscle, every, your neck muscles, every muscle trying to get across that finish line. That's what the word press carries the idea of, that we're to stretch our spiritual muscles, muscles press toward the things ahead, pressing for the upward call requires more than just inspiration and aspiration. It also requires perspiration and determination. You'll get that later. 2021, let's start this year by asking God, where's our focus? Say amen. Is your focus on a new job, a new house, a new car? Some say in 2021, I want to get married. That's my focus. Some say in 2021, I want to get unmarried. That's my focus. Y'all know pastor going to tell it like it. I'm going to tell you the truth. The truth. Is your focus getting the COVID vaccine? Can I tell you something? Everyone has to be mindful of their focus. As a pastor, 
I got to be mindful of my focus. Some people think being a pastor is like like a uh, like a spiritual black card or something. You know what I mean? Like you are like exempt from life. Some people think being a pastor is like you don't ever get discouraged. You don't ever get uh, depressed about anything. You don't ever have any problems because you're always in the presence of the Lord. That's just not true. I have to work on staying focused on the Lord like you. And listen, I'm going to tell you a little secret. You're not going to hear this that much from the pastors. I have to do it more than you. I have to I literally have to work on it harder than you do. You know why? Because the Bible tells us smite the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. Are you following me? So I got to work on it harder. I got to keep my focus on Jesus. I have to. I'm just talking about me right now. I have to maintain my focus of growing in the Lord. Listen, you do not want. You do not want a pastor who is not growing in the Lord. You don't want that. Because guess what? Smite the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. The pastor's not growing, guess what? Neither will you. This is the way it works. Because you can't take folk anywhere you're not going. Are you following me? Huh? I know that's right. So you don't want a pastor who's not growing in the things of God. You want a pastor. My goal in life has to be Jesus It can't be you. My focus can't be you. My focus can't be what you think. Don't get me wrong. I love most of y'all, but I can't even. I I can't even. That's true. I can't even. That's terrible. Terrible. I'm a terrible person. But I can't allow my focus to become you. You're the sheep. My focus got to be Jesus. Is that all right? My focus got to be on the Lord. My focus has got to be growing. My goal in life cannot be to build a big church. My goal in life is not to succeed in the church. My goal in life is not to develop programs. My goal in life as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ must be that I remain in pursuit of being like Jesus. If that's all right, clap your hands and say amen. Because the same for moi is the same for you. Your goal cannot be to please the pastor or please the church. Check this out. Your goal can't even be to please your spouse. And don't get me wrong. That makes a nice happy home. Don't get me wrong. Ladies. What I'm saying, I think you know what I'm saying. Jesus first. And guess what? When you love Jesus, when you love Jesus, look, new, new folk, new married folk, listen. When you love Jesus with all your heart, when you love Jesus more than you love your husband, when you love Jesus more than you love your wife, guess what's going to happen? Y'all going to come together beautifully. You, you're going to come together. It's going to be a wonderful, beautiful experience. But my point here is that Jesus has got to be the priority. Somebody say amen. Point number three in our outline, God's plan for our lives is that we would be, what saints? Productive. Every sincere Christian will admit two things. Number one, they will concede to past failure. They've not realized the goal God has set for them. That's true. And number two, 
they'll admit that they are not satisfied in their present spiritual state. When a Christian becomes satisfied in their present spiritual condition, he ceases to grow spiritually. Saints, we need to maintain what I like to call and would like for you to write down a holy dissatisfaction with our walk with God. I don't care how strong in the Lord you are. I don't care how spiritual you are. I don't care how big your Bible is. Because some folks like to carry a big Bible now. They want you to know I am spiritual. Don't you see this big old book I read? (laughs) I don't care. We we, we have to maintain. Let me say this. We have to maintain a healthy, holy dissatisfaction. Healthy. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.